So we're in between Max Verstappen and Checo Perez. Max Verstappen, you know, everyone's pointing at him like, oh my God, it's Max, it's Max. And then they get to our fucking Lexus. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck yeah, are we, these guys? We got, we got, immediately after that, oh, they're searching. Oh, there's yeah. fucking Checo, yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to Figuring Out the Formula. I'm your host, Kyle. I'm here with Chandler and Patrick, as always. We have a special one for you guys today. Um, we're actually going to be discussing the three of our experiences at uh, Formula One Grand Prix to include the 2022 U.S. Grand Prix. So before we get started, just like we did when we were at the U.S. Grand Prix, let's drink some beer and cheers to that, boys. Hell yeah. Cheers. Howdy, y'all. Now that we got Brad Paisley in our uh, podcast, um, let's just jump right into it, right? So the three of us have obviously all been to a Formula One race. The, we all went to the U.S. Grand Prix together last year, and it was a blast. I kind of want us to talk a little bit about like our experiences with F1. So we've talked a little bit in the past about like how we got involved with watching the sport, and whether that be watching Drive to Survive or just racing in general and saw it by happenstance. Let's talk a little bit more about which races we've been to, what our favorite tracks are, you know, which, if we could go to any race, which race would we go to? I've only been to one F1 race and that was the U S Grand Prix. Like I said, um, Chandler's been to a couple, Pat's been to even more. Um, so obviously my favorite track that I've been to is the U S Grand Prix. If I could go to any track, I think it would have to be spa, even though I know it's going to be raining. And that's going to suck ass. It's one of the coolest tracks on the planet. So to see something like that, to experience it, I think that would be awesome. Um, let's move in numerical order. I've been to one track. Let's go to the guy who's only been to two tracks. Chandler, what's your opinion on this? Yeah, so uh, I've been to two tracks. Obviously, we've all have the common denominator of uh, Austin for the U.S. Grand Prix last year. Um, but I was fortunate enough to go to the Canadian Grand Prix also last year as well. So that was my that was my first dip into being in an F1 race, F1 weekend in person. Uh, Canada was a cool experience, completely different than Austin, Texas. Uh, but if I had to say a dream circuit, really is between two. I think in terms of just the actual racing itself, I want to go to Sao Paulo in Brazil. Um, in terms of the whole experience and like the surrounding area, I definitely want to go to the Red Bull Ring in Austria. Those are kind of my two next on the list thing so yeah those are both really good tracks and like anytime someone talks about what their favorite track is you're like oh damn i could yeah that that's mine too and then you're like wait no i already have a favorite so it's like both those tracks like if you go to brazil like the brazilian grand prix that's some of the best racing on the calendar mm -hmm. like year in year out it doesn't matter it's always a really good race especially if you do like if you throw a sprint race in even better now let's keep going. Pat, tell the people how many races you've been to. Uh, so I have actually been to four races so far. Uh, the first one was the U.S. Grand Prix in 2021. Um, and then I went to the first year of Miami in 2022. Went with Chandler and my brother to the Canadian Grand Prix last year. And then I went with Chandler and Kyle to Coda again uh, last year. Um so far, my favorite experience has definitely been at Coda. Um, Canada was a close second. Um, it's definitely still a great atmosphere, but Coda has just got the, way more electricity to it. Um, now, in terms of like my dream track to go to, it's definitely the Red Bull Ring. Um, Y'all know I'm a huge Red Bull fan, anyways, but you know it's just my favorite track to drive on F1. Beautiful scenery all around. It's the fastest track on the calendar. I mean, I, I really couldn't ask for anything else other than going there. We talk about all these different tracks and, you know, you've obviously been to four. Can you spill a little bit of knowledge on like the actual ticket buying process and how that works? Because the more and more you look at tickets online, like the shit's really expensive. Like it's not doable for regular people. So getting to a Formula One race, it can be a bit of a hassle and it, it definitely seems like, you know, it's out of the price range for tons of people. Um, the thing about F1, as a lot of us know, F1 has been popping off in popularity. And so tickets can be hard to come by or they can be very expensive. Um, now, in terms of, you know, 
for some of our viewers that are looking to go to an F1 race, there's a very large range of ticket prices. Um, some tracks will have general mission areas where, you know, these can range anywhere from, you know, 200 bucks, to like 400 bucks for the entire weekend. Uh, I think it's maybe five or six if you go to Vegas, but don't even bother with Vegas. <laughs> um, and then, you know, that goes all the way up through grandstand seats and then all the way up to what's called a paddock pass, which I think costs around $10,000 US typically. Um it's usually not done by common people. It's usually kind of for corporate sponsors and stuff. But, you know, if you want to shell out for something once in a lifetime, it's definitely a great way to spend some money. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, in terms of actually buying the tickets, um, this can be a pretty confusing because um, it's actually not done through F1 itself. Um, the ticket buying process is best done through the actual tracks. So pretty much every track I don't think there's one that doesn't. All the tracks have, you know, their own website. Um, you know, Coda has its own website. The track in Canada has its own website. Miami has its own website, et cetera, et cetera. Um, usually the tickets will go on sale about six to nine months before the race. And on their social media and their websites, um, you know, they'll put out info saying, hey, on this day, this is when we're doing a general on sale for tickets. Um we had a bit of a hassle when we went to Miami because a lot of those tickets for that first race were just already given away to corporate sponsors. So we logged on for pre-sale and we had very slim pickings. Um, and the thing is, is it's just, you have to be, you know, on time. Now people sell their tickets all the time. You, know, you can go in places like Ticketmaster, StubHub, things like that, and usually still find tickets on there later. Um, but the main way to actually get those secured is going to the track website. Um, if you want to, another, you know, secure option is going through the Formula One website as they'll have ones that, you know, never got sold and things like that. Um, and then there are also some trusted resellers, uh, which I personally haven't used yet, but tons of people use them that'll have travel packages and things like that. So there's, you know, a number of different ways you can get F1 tickets. It's just something where you really have to pay attention and keep on top of it, or otherwise you're going to miss out because it's so popular. Well, not only could you miss out, you could be taken advantage of because the popularity is so intense right now. Like you said, if it's not a trusted third-party reseller, then, I mean, if you dump $2,500 into the race weekend for only two tickets, you get a flight. And then a hotel or Airbnb, rental car, food, all this stuff, and you get to the track and your ticket doesn't work. That that's a shitty way to uh to go on vacation. So you do have to be careful with that kind of stuff. But lucky for us, when the three of us went to uh Austin last year, you you had the ticket. We just had to Venmo you, so it was even easier. And that was before the the whole six hundred dollar limit thing on uh Venmo. So it was even <laughs> yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of weird because so the first year I bought tickets, I bought them through the F1 website. We got general mission tickets, uh, general mission Dakota to Madhouse, but it's a great experience. Um, and it was very odd. Like I've never seen this for an event. Immediately after the event, like maybe an hour after I got back, they were emailing people saying, do you want to put a deposit down for next year? And so I asked everybody I was with. They said yes. Um, and then they ended up backing out. And so we just basically got first dibs with the money we deposited. Um, so we got great seats for far less than even their face value, um, which I guess some tracks do that. You know, I don't, I don't know if Coda still, still does that, but they also do have there's you know, no sales way. reps. There, that, yeah. Um, there's, there's no way that last two years, because like literally we'll talk a little bit later about where our seats were and all that. If we got any closer, we would have been ran over. On the way down to Austin, you know, me and Pat, we live in Metro Atlanta. So we decided to take Marta from around his area to the airport. Well, on the Marta train, we actually ran into an older couple who they were wearing like F1 gear. They started talking, turned out they were from Europe. So they were living in the States and they had been for quite some time, but, you know, they were still lo and behold, like true to their teams and all that. So, like, we didn't even leave our city yet to go to an F1 race. And we're already talking F1 with two random strangers on the train. It was a, it was a pretty cool experience. And 
honestly, like they had invited us, like they had a camper out there, like at Coda, like they had invited us to go like camping, like before or after the race, like stop by their place to, you know, get beer, food, whatever it might've been. But of course our dumbasses, we forgot to get their phone numbers. So, you know, it is what it is, but our trip to the airport was a lot better than Chandler's Chandler. You know, can you tell the people how your trip went on the way to Austin? <laughs> yeah. So nice fall, October morning. There's frost on the wind windows whenever you're getting ready to pull out of the driveway. Well, I hit the down button on my driver's side rear window and leaving Statesboro, Georgia, about a three hour drive to the Atlanta airport, mind you. The window just falls down off the track in. Um, had to do a little engineering. And uh, we actually took these little whiskey ice mold spheres that I usually like would pour water in. They were like two pieces of rubber you put water in um, and freeze them and make a good little sphere for your whiskey glasses. Use them as suction cups to hold the windows up uh, the whole ride up I-16 and I-75 to Atlanta. So while y'all were um, <clears throat> chatting it up with some some Swedes and some some folks on the, uh, on the Marta train, I was, uh, cussing out my 2011 <laughs> Chevrolet. I will, I will point out the fact that Chandler is one of those drivers who will go like if the speed limit's 70, he will go 35 in the left lane false. and not move. That's straight up. So false. that could be the Chevrolet gods getting back to you. I'm not sure. All I know is false. He was he was like, I think I'm gonna be late to the airport. He's like, my fucking window is broken. And then he's like, man, I, I fucking this is not a way to start out the trip. And he's like getting all pissed off. And like Chandler doesn't get angry. He doesn't get mad. And he called us Bo just chewing like his window out, right? Like the window can hear him or something. It's like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Like, bro, we're we're about to hop on the plane. Yeah. Chandler, luckily though, he you had that uh that pre-check and he was able to get ahead. I did not at the time. I oh, did you didn't check. However, thanks to me not having pre-check and me being myself, like knowing me being late was still getting parked two and a half hours before the flight. So therefore I had 15 minutes to like doctor it up with some duct tape. I literally had duct tape on the inside of the truck holding them to make sure the window was held up on my five days gone to Austin, Texas in case it was like, well, fuck it. If it falls down, if it falls down, then, uh, then someone's just going to jump in the back of the truck and steal my truck. So well, they got that going for him. Unfortunately, they did not take his truck. Spoiler alert. Hey, that truck's still running good to this day. <laughs> it just only has three good windows and a suction cup. No, uh, no. In all honesty, it was really cool. Like, like I talked about, like we met those people in Marta. So like we finally, like the three of us, Chandler, you know, he's doing the the airport 5k. He's running. We fly to Austin, we land in Austin, and first thing we see is F1 cars and F1 gear as far as the eye can see. So, like, in the actual airport, they actually had – was it a Williams or was it a Red Bull? I think it was Williams. It was – so they, they had both. Yeah. Um, their Williams was, like, past the gates, and they had a Red Bull show car down by, like, the baggage claim. Baggage claim, yeah. So, like, you would see, like, everyone taking pictures with the show car and all that. Like, it was super cool to see it, like, that close. Like, the rope, you could literally touch the car. You're not supposed to, but you could if you wanted to. Um, it was cool to see that. And then, like I said, like you had pop-up shops everywhere of F1 gear. Literally, if you looked all like all around the airport, someone was like everyone was wearing at least one type of F1 gear. So to see that is like okay, it's it's fucking race weekend. Like it's it's time we're here. This is our first experience with the sport, so it's like okay, like if you've ever been to a football game or a baseball game, like walking into the stadium for the first time you could start to get the jitters in the parking lot well this is this is that vibe you know not only did pat get us the tickets to the actual race but he also booked airbnb um this airbnb was fucking sick it was right near the ut uh yeah bang it was right near the ut austin campus like what was it like five minutes or something? Like it was, yeah, it was yeah, super it was, close. Yeah, it was a five minute Uber ride to like the Daryl K Royal football stadium. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's all Chandler talked about. Like every time he passed, he's like, Oh, you know, that's the UT like, yes, Chandler, we know that. But 
Yeah, the the Airbnbs in Austin, um, they're all pretty sublime. I mean, you're so you're going to pay a lot. I mean, people know F1's coming to town. The airlines know it. People at the Airbnbs know it. The hotels know it. Um, but both times I've been there, you know, we got a place big enough for five or six people. Um, and it, you know, it's not cheap, but you're getting what you pay for. People have very nice places to stay and ours was no exception. Well, the thing is like, you can't, you can't get a place right near the track because mm-hmm. the track is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the track is literally like. Like there's a couple houses surrounding the track, but Coda is so big. Like the whole complex itself is so big. Like it's what, like 30 minutes from yeah, without traffic. Yeah. Without like, traffic. No traffic yeah. On, if we went there like tomorrow, it'd be like 30 minutes from downtown Austin. Yeah. So with traffic, I mean, you're looking at anywhere from three to six hours, like in F1 traffic. Mm-hmm. So a little more about that later, but our Airbnb, I mean, it was modern. It was like a guest house in this guy's backyard. The main house looked like shit. If I'm being honest, it looked like shit. It was very quaint. The The main house was oh, uh, yeah, modest. not shit. It, quaint, not shit. But modest is probably the good word for it. Um, you well, come around the fence and then it's just like straight out of like breaking bad new mexico guest house with the pool unreal i like, mean it it had one what was it the is it like the infinity pool or whatever no cuz that's the one without the side it was it was a super nice modern pool with like a very little edge like the edge was like minimal picnic table um and then like a hot pack. tub and then upstairs of the guest house, the like I guess the master bedroom of the guest house had a full-on patio with like a sun layout and the sun with a little pagoda over the top of it. Yeah. Like the best part was like this guy, like the actual owner of the house, since it was a guest house, like he was there and like we could see if they were there or whatever. And he'd be like, Yeah, just make sure you close the pool. Close the pool up or whatever because they it had a like an automatic thing like on a remote yeah, you could do or whatever to control the pool yeah yeah the p- tablet Which, to control the pool hot tub the air conditioning the stereo system like the TVs everything smart house like unreal yeah if you thought you were poor take a trip here and then you can't even afford a, a double wide you know what I mean like it's it was a nice ass place. But anyways, the first night it was just the three of us. Um, we were like, okay, what do we want to do? Like we were a little tired from traveling, but we're like, ah, fuck it. We need a beer. Well, boys, we decided to grab some food before we went out. Cause we're responsible adults. We had some um, fantastic food. The first night that was barbecue, right? Yes. That was County line on the hill from Austin, Texas. And I looked up my old order on Uber Eats from this time last year. And instead of saying, hey, let's just get Pat wants a sandwich, Kyle wants a brisket platter. What did we get? We The order called for three emergency barbecue kits. And it was everything in all three of them. And each of them came with three sides. And they had a total of nine sides that you could choose from. So we just split it up. And the emergency barbecue kit came with like a tub of each side. So I somewhere have the picture of our feast that we had at the picnic table. Oh, and it was a feast. I mean, oh, gosh, to the point where after we all finished, I mean, it was keep in mind, this is an hour behind Eastern time where we all live right so like we ate early like we ate it probably like their time like five o'clock ish yeah Yeah. maybe even earlier but by the time we were finished like we were all so full like yeah i don't i don't know if we're gonna go go out out. like 7 30 8 o'clock that night because we were like all took food naps yeah we well we had originally planned to go out and you know go a little day drinking you know evening drinking and then into the night but it that food it was fucking delicious. So we finally actually went out to the bars and uh there's like some street in Austin. What is that? Do you Rainy, remember what that Rainy Street? So we went to Rainy Street where there's like a whole bunch of like little houses or like buildings that like 
it looks like a residential neighborhood, but it's actual like bars and restaurants and stuff like that. And man, there were some really good bars, some really good. Yeah, bars. that place. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the first place we went. I think it was called like Stagger Lee. Um, that place was pretty cool. Are you uh, talking about the bar that was like the Austin FC bar? I think so. That um, was pretty cool. That's but the we, one we, we pretty much went to like half the places on that street. On Ram yeah. Street, yeah. Um I think me and Kyle had also gone to Sixth Street at some point. Uh y'all, that's, went, y'all went the Saturday night after qualifying. I did not go out that night. Yeah, that that is more was a like mistake. College yeah. kids. Yeah. Uh it's pretty much everywhere on there is pretty cookie cutter. Um so if you're if you're in college and you want to go to F1, go to Sixth Street. Um, but after after walking you know, miles and miles all day during the qualifying day. Like we were so tired. Like I'm not out. I I would just wanted to chill outside, drink and talk or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was definitely a chill night after walking yeah. that and many miles. Rainy Street's perfect for that. Um, yeah. They also have like a little food truck park with some just fire options. There's like a grilled cheese truck and a couple other ones. I think I ate at the grilled cheese one probably three times when she went two trips there. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, it's it's always like a good vibe going out there. There there are tons of people. Um, you know, we were doing the fucking ring on a string game. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but it's uh, the hook where you got to hook the uh, yeah the, the hook? hook. Okay, I, I, I don't that. know if that's its actual Maybe, name, but it's literally there's a hook at ring on a string. <laughs> I, I don't fucking know, man. What the fuck? I don't know, but you know, people, people were getting, know what we're people, talking about. People were getting fucking hype for us playing that. Because um, because we were bosses, bro. Like one yeah, of us was we, getting that shit every time. And we had we had fucking Kyle getting hit on by some some swingers. Um, who, free drinks. Yeah. Well, they weren't. Hey, I don't know what they bought, but it was like the worst thing on the menu. And they're just like, "Do you guys want these?" And then just kind of casually started sure. hitting on Kyle. <laughs> and no, no, no. So you're leaving some parts out here, like it. it <laughs> So like we had been talking and they were wearing like F1 gear, right? So we were talking like, oh, who's your team? Who's your team? Whatever. And they were asking us and we were talking and then you're on big boy. Yeah. And then this lady didn't look bad. She came over. Hey, you know, I would like to buy you a drink. Like, Hey, easy money. Okay. I was like, but I do have two friends over there because she looked rich. I I ain't going to lie. She looked like I have two friends over there. She's like, okay. They came back with like, 18 of these drinks. We didn't know what these were. And my God, were they the worst drink I've ever had? And they were free. And she was like doing the whole, like looking like to see, like (laughs) they might've been drugged. I don't know. But she was looking to see if we were drinking. It was like, like uh, we drank them and boy, did we get fucked up after that. But Mm. my real bone to pick with the bars in Austin is this beer that everybody drinks the lone star beer yeah we walk into one of the bars and if you scan the room two-thirds of the room is holding a lone star beer in their hand like damn this shit's got to be good if all these people are drinking it so i go up to the bartender hey the lone star beer is it good like i see a lot of people are drinking it like i'm obviously from out of town whatever and she's like yeah it's great you'll love it it's like okay well how much is it Keep in mind in Austin, like at these bars, like a beer is maybe like four bucks, give or take some change. She's like, oh, it's eight, nine dollars. It's like, damn, this shit better be good. Well, you remember I, I bought the three of us one, passed it back, passed it back. And by the time I turn around ready to take a sip, you guys are like, oh, it's like That's, a fucking I was, PBR. I, back. I was further, we were in that like circus bar and I was yeah. furthest back and I took a sip of it first and I went, Oh, what is this shit? And then, like, Pat took a sip, look, goes, Oh my God, what did he just pay for? I, and it oh. was fucking damn near $9 for a shitty PBR, oh, basically. God. A Texas PBR is what it was. I was like, Yeah, this, this is not it. I mean, I got some bone to pick. So it was Miller Lights from there on out, but I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck are we drinking? But, you know, we just needed some guidance. And luckily for us, Pat's uh Pat's uncle Tracy, he's from Louisiana. He decided to join us. And uh the first day, so he wasn't there. 
the second day that was practice day, he, he showed up at the very end. Right. So Pat, give us a little, uh, history on Tracy, who he is and why he is important to the, uh, the plot of the story. So my uncle Tracy, uh, he's my stepmom's brother. He's a lawyer in Texas, Louisiana, and one other state. Do you know a lawyer in there? Fine. Tracy Curtis, great guy. Um, so he had been told by his doctor that every week he's allowed to have a certain amount of units of alcohol. You know, as we know, liquor, wine, beer, all have different alcohol contents. So he's, I don't, I don't know what it is. Not going to go into it, obviously, but he had to have a set amount of alcohol for the week. Um, and so the way he went about it was he saved up his units for the weekend. Uh, and then throughout this weekend, you know, we're just chilling and Trace is like, you know, I'll, I'll have another unit. And we're like, so what do you want? And, you know, we'd go around and look at whatever beers. <laughs> There's ones that are like 9%. Tracy's like that one. <laughs> and so Tracy would, Ranger IPA was Tracy's best friend. Yeah, I mean, he would, he would get his damn units, bro. And he uh, didn't like it either. Like, no. like you have your average from yeah. a Lone Star beer, like I talked about, garbage. Then you had like Miller Lights, Michelobes. You had Twisted Teas, and then you had what was it, the Voodoo Ranger? Voodoo yeah. Ranger IPA, and he took one sip and just goes, "This is disgusting, but it is the most bang for my buck in terms of units. It's nine percent. Everything else is six percent, so I'm making it count." Yeah, I mean, I mean, he got his units. I mean, it was it was some pretty great math to watch. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone drink like that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, the funniest thing to me was that he had saved up all of his units for the weekend, and then it got to Saturday afternoon, and he was getting close, and he was like, ah, I've only got one unit left. And he goes, well, you know, if my doctor asks, technically it's a new week on Sunday. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, so do I get more units? He's like, do I get more? He's like, well, I'll just drink more and tell my doctor, hey, I thought the week's reset on Monday. <laughs> it's well, it's like Monday. It's like, Tracy, this is happening for a reason, right? Like, you're asking three people who you should not be asking whether you can drink more alcohol or not. We're on vacation. We are here to drink. Like, yeah, we've been drinking for three days straight. Four well, days straight say, what's the term you used in college, Kyle? We were, we were perma drunks like that. Yeah, point. perma drunks. Yeah, it's like permafrost, but for alcohol. Um, so Tracy, uh, he was a character. Like I said, he joined us a little later um, on Friday. Tracy drove from Louisiana to Austin. Well, earlier that day for the practice, we took the charter bus shuttles and I liked it. I mean, it was, it was pretty convenient. We were able to get in and out relatively quickly. Like we took an Uber from our Airbnb all the way to like, there's like a high school where all the buses, like the huge ass charter buses like met. And then you just go from there. Um, they take you straight to the track and then you walk like two miles into the track or whatever. Well, that day, we actually met a couple people who they were probably the the biggest fucking losers in the entire weekend. Um, if you're listening, please don't follow figuring out the formula because you're I don't like you. So Pat, tell us a little bit about the first group we met. Uh, we get on these shuttles. They're free shuttles. Definitely recommend them. Um, and, you know, we're just trying to make friends while we're on this ride. You know, there's some traffic, so it takes a minute to get there. Um, and, you know, I'm sitting with Kyle, and I'm like, yo, those guys, you know, they got some shit on them because they had these lanyards. And usually if you're in an F1 race and someone has a lanyard, they're probably kind of important. Um, and... So we started talking to him and we're like, hey, is that it's like a paddock pass? Like, oh, yeah. We're like, oh, cool. You know, how'd you how'd you get that? Did you pay for it or yeah. what? They're like, uh, our company's name is on the tail of the McLaren car. And we're like, what which company? There's two companies. Yeah. Um, there's like, oh, Dark Trace. Yeah, we we had this thing for Friday. We got these for free, and they're doing something with McLaren and their drivers uh yeah and i'm like bro it's like like it's late like i would have been there like four hours ago like what are you doing they're like oh yeah we're running late uh 
blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you're literally wasting the opportunity of a life. So like even just going into the paddock for one day beats the hell out of everything else, especially so, for free. So it's one, it's free Two, you talked a little bit about like what they were doing, right? Like they told us that it was a meet and greet. Number one, it was a meet and greet for Lando and Daniel Ricardo, who was driving for McLaren at the time. Not only that, but it was also the hot laps. So they got to ride in a fucking McLaren around Coda, driven by one of those drivers. And they showed up late, so they didn't get to do either of that stuff. What? Mother- I would have been sleeping on the damn track if that was me. What? I, I like... Bro, I would have had my clothes laid out the night before. Hell yeah. Like, That's my thing is like some people like... You get people like us that are super passionate about the sport and like... We've been Those blessed. Guys, yeah. We've been blessed and fortunate to go to a race like this. Some people dream their whole lives of going to a race, um, and then these guys just get handed something like these schmucks get handed this on a stick and just squander it away. It just just pissed me off, man. It just what a waste. It made me want to reach out to the guys we met earlier uh, on another shuttle ride, actually. So these guys were blue collar workers from Austin who. They didn't really know what Formula One was, but they ended up that like the year previous. So in 2021, they were tasked with repaving some of the track. So these guys talked with us for probably what, 20, 30 minutes about the track conditions and how we, how they thought it would be and like where they got the gravel, where, you know, the asphalt, whatever. It was really cool to hear their passion about the actual track. So to see those guys get free tickets to the race, that was really sweet. Oh, yeah. And then to get that ruined by the dark trace guys, I was like, yeah, you guys fucking suck. So the the thing about the the pavers, um, the funniest thing was because first we get on this tram. So there's a tram that goes around the track. It's it's a long way to walk around the track. Um, and these guys are wearing like jeans. They're like some of the only people wearing jeans. Just like you know, start talking to them. Their company, I guess, had like a suite in the main grandstand because they paved the track. And you're talking about all this. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, it sounds like he did a lot of hard work. <laughs> and then after the, you know, after the race, we go back and watch and all the drivers are complaining about how shitty the track was. And yeah. it was just chewing through their tires. <laughs> Which like, Coda yeah. was never like the smoothest to start with, but no. they repaved the track after 21 in hopes of it getting better. And then you have these drivers just just dogging on it saying like this is worse than it was before and yeah, like, it's, a, it's a fucking cheese grater over here and then this yeah. guy's over here like these guys were so proud on friday and i mean good they put the work in work hard i'm you know i'm sure that they just it's probably not there you know some upper manager no. used some yeah. decision of like we're going to use cheaper gravel and all that stuff but like it was just kind of ironic to see these guys like so passionate and like you said kyle it was like it was really cool to see them get rewarded they again they didn't know much about the sport but they're like i it's racing we'll come watch it and get really hooked into it and then think they get hooked in it go back watch it on tv that night after they get home from the race and you got like the world champion max verstappen just yeah the track was just subpar i mean this was this repaving was horrible (laughs) i just can't help but laugh thinking about that yeah those poor guys but i mean moving from that we did experience some other things once we were in the track though right like our seats, our seats were, I, I said earlier, if we were any closer, we would have gotten run over. Pat, our seats were on the first row at like grid spot, like starting grid spot, like 10 to 12, yeah. somewhere around there. Like it was perfect, like literally yeah. perfect seats. After, so after my experience in 2021, um, you know, we went general mission, just me, so my brothers, my dad and Tracy, um it was way more of a hassle doing that because with general admission like on race day we got there at 8 a.m when the gates were supposed to open well they actually opened the gates at 7 a.m because there were so many people in line and we come through the infield because we we enter from the other side of the track to go to turn one and the entire thing is already covered in people but the grandstands were empty because you have a reserved seat so you know, we put, like I said earlier, we put the deposit down so that we could get grandstand seats. Um, and then because all these extra people weren't coming, I was like, screw it. You know, let's, let's get the best seat we can. Um, and I would have liked to been on the second deck because you don't have the fence in front of you, but yeah, we were like, screw it. Let's get the front row. And 
And it's literally, I, I could have jumped from my seat over the fence and landed on the track. Um, that's how close we were. And it was, oh my God. I mean, I, you really can't beat it. We, we got a front row seat to the safety car, like the restarts. We saw Mario Andretti with Zach Brown driving the old race cars, like the old F1 cars. It, it literally, all the, laps. all the hot laps, you could see like like Danica Patrick, Jensen Button, Sir oh. Jackie Stewart. Like you saw all of them literally like as close as we are right now, you know. And the best, the best part about all all of that is we had fucking shade. When you yes. go to an F1 race, the sun will kill you if you don't have shade. And we, after the first year, we were dead inside. But just having that luxury of you know not having to rush the track in the morning to get to your seat and then just having shade, it, I mean, it's just miles ahead. Like if, if there's one piece of advice I can tell people about getting tickets, even if you're not getting a covered grandstand, get a seat somewhere don't yeah you know if you can if you can afford to go above general admission you know like i said it's not always cheap mm -hmm. definitely worth it um it's yeah. just a lot more peace of mind well my thing is right like nothing nothing is worse than ga like on the hill that pat was talking about the hill is so crowded if you stand up to go take a piss you're losing your spot basically but you see people that have like their giant ass umbrellas or whatever it's like those people should be brought on track like the oil protesters and be run over because you got 12 people behind you who can't see because you have an umbrella. Now, it's different when you have a seat. Like, like we were in the sun for a good bit, but then when the shade hit, I mean, it was night and day difference. Like, we we were rejuvenated, right? Like, it was it was amazing to see, but no one really talks about, like, how long the days really are, right? So, like, there's so much going on at the track, whether it's the actual events, so practice, qualifying, or the race, or just the extra stuff, hot laps, or, you know, like this year they had a sprint race, or like F, F2, F3 was racing. So, like, there's always something going on. So, you could be at the track all day, every day, and have something to do. No one really talks about, like, how much, like, how tiring it really is. So... Before we move into like the actual race day of our experience last year, we kind of are pieces of shit. Cause I talked a little bit about like, if you bring an umbrella, you're an ass. Well, like traffic leaving the race is insane. Like I said, it could take five, six, seven hours because you know, like, like they show the stat, there was like 440,000 people who show up over the course of the weekend. Well, they're all trying to, get there and leave at the same time well we waited like after qualifying day we we waited what like three hours in the parking lot yeah easily we were just drinking having fun whatever chilling and then we're like all right the traffic's let up let's just leave so they're like telling us to go this way and we're like yeah fuck that we go right instead so chandler we see like these group of cars like coming out of the infield like through the tunnel and all this stuff, they're really nice cars. They're like SUVs and stuff like that. Like, ah, fuck it. We hop in with them. Gracie in his uh, 2005 Lexus decides to fit in with the suburban blacked out, the blacked out Suburbans and Tahoes and Cadillacs you know, and shit. Cadillacs, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, uh, it, it's nice little roundabout. And I will say is that on, both days, which we'll discuss more of that, but I will say this, that it was not necessarily Tracy, the dri our driver, Tracy forcing his way on. It was, there was a, we took advantage of a lapse in communication because there was a gap. letting people through. And then all of a sudden they were, got the word to tell people to stop. But before they told us to stop, we'd slipped out right in between. Look, so there was a gap that existed and Tracy went for it. Yeah. He had DRS and everything. He Eric took that said the day that we don't go for a gap is the day we're not race drivers anymore. Well, Tracy is the real OG because that actually wasn't the only time that we saved a shit ton of time in traffic because keep in mind, those cars were getting a police escort mm -hmm. like out of the track and throughout onto the main highway and stuff. Right. Pat, can you explain a little bit about Tracy's, yeah we'll call it a gas gauge yeah um 
So on the way to the track on Sunday, um, you know, we're talking and I notice that Tracy has a napkin with a hole through it like this, that he has put around the shifter or the brindle for some of you. And I'm like, Tracy, what, what the hell is with this napkin? Like, <laughs> like what, why is this here? And he goes, Oh, that's, that's how I remember to get gas. I'm like what? you're this is a lawyer this is a lawyer in multiple states and apparently one time he had just forgotten to get gas and he ended up having to walk all the way to court and so instead of using you know the gas meter on his dashboard or you know the low gas indicator or the electronic readout that tells him how many miles he has left he uses a fucking napkin to remind him of when to get gas so that's important because he drove to the track and we were fine, right? Well, same thing. Like on Sunday, we we attempt to leave instead of like three hours, two hours or whatever after the race is over. You know, we had already walked around the track and all this other stuff, but Tracy is like, all right, I'm just ready to go. I mean, this motherfucker had been sleeping on a camping pad for two hours while we were drinking and playing music, whatever. So we finally leave and he's like, ah, oh, do you think we should follow the same way? It's like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know, we might get lucky again. You know, we might be in another escort. Lo and behold, were we in an escort? I mean, like I said, there's hundreds of thousands of people lined up on the side of the road. Like police escorts coming through. We hop in between one Cadillac and another. Chandler. If I were to tell you an 07, 08 Lexus could be a world champion F1 driver, would you believe me? No, not, not, I didn't, I didn't believe it until I saw it with my own eyes. I still don't believe it. <laughs> so what happened was we pull in between these two Escalades and this is a full police escort. Like not just like the day before, like you had like one cop or whatever. And like people were kind of pulling over for him. This dude was hauling ass. I, I was going to, that's the thing I was going to mention. The difference is that when we got in those Cadillacs on Saturday, it was still going like 50 miles an hour down a 50 mile an hour highway. People were pulling out of the way. This was, we were hauling tail like 85, the, 95 miles an hour. The best, the best thing to me about it is, okay. So we get in this caravan. And we start going. Now there's so much fucking traffic because all these are one lane each way. Mm -hmm. There's no passing other people, no left lane, right lane, whatever. And we start going and immediately after exiting the track premises, there's already lines of cars. And then all of a sudden we're going on the opposite side of the fucking road. And I was like, oh shit, what did we get into? And I look over at Kyle and Kyle's like, is that? Is that Max up there? And then Chandler, behind me. Chandler, look, Chandler yeah. and Kyle turn around and they're like, holy shit, that's fucking Checo behind us. Yeah. And I turn around and I can already see them gesturing like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going like, on? We but, could see the whites in Sergio Perez's eyes. Like we were that yeah. close in front of them. And there's there's no, I mean, there's no way we're getting out of it. You know, we can't pull off. There's nowhere to pull off to the side of the road or anything. Our whole and ass. They're yeah. in these nice ass brand new Cadillac Escalades. You know, we're in this shitty ass, no offense, Tracy, if you're watching, uh, no, <laughs> but we're in this shitty ass Lexus, you know, it's got panels missing off the side, like rust spots, shit like that. It's got a fucking napkin as a gas gauge <laughs> and we're passing these cars hauling ass and you just look like you see like either fans people. or haters or whatever on the yeah. side of the road, like we're hauling ass and these people are like, oh, they pointed the fir first car where max verstappen is in so we're in between max verstappen and checo perez max verstappen you know everyone's pointing at him like oh my god it's max it's max and then they get to our fucking lexus yeah like, who the fuck yeah, are these guys we get, we get immediately after that oh they're searching oh there's yeah. fucking checo yeah yeah we get we get stopped on the opposite side of the road while they're like clearing traffic up ahead for for the our convoy, our convoy. yeah ours it's not there yeah and yeah. you know we're looking in these cars next to us that have been they had to have been waiting in line for hours and you know, they're, they're pointing at everybody and then they see us and they're like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. 
and we keep going finally. And I mean, this is, this is eliminating like hours of sitting in traffic at, at least, at least three hours. At yeah. Least. And we're, we're getting towards the highway and all of a sudden another car tries to join the caravan and we're, we're doing 70 at this point. And in, Tracy, on a one and a half I lane road, God, dude, Tracy pulled some fucking John wick transporter fucking driving skills and just yeets around this guy and keeps fucking flying to keep us on pace. Uh, and, and then, then we, we and get the to the highway. Does the same thing. They all do the same thing. And we get to the highway and Tracy's like, all right, well, I'm just going to fucking pass him at this point. And just floors it past a fucking police escort. On, and on the I interstate. Mean, so now yeah. they convoys up to 90 miles an hour. And Tracy says, we are. He goes, I'm passing the world champion, baby. And <laughs> floors yeah. it. we're going 100 on the interstate. And there's Max just sitting there on his phone, like in the car. <laughs> I mean, and the the best the best thing about it to me other than obviously we fucking beat those bitches in a race sorry yeah. max and checo we get we get off the highway like we're on the ramp and i'm looking at the fucking fuel gauge on tracy's car and it starts reading 17 miles left <laughs> 10 miles left and chandler and kyle are just sitting there and i'm i'm like holy fuck like we're gonna have to fucking walk home like fuck 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 and we literally get there and it's at one mile left and i mean the car was about about to die as we pull up to a fucking gas station but we are all still like i mean you have runners high you have crackheads you have meth heads Uh, there's no better high than beating two red bull drivers in a race in texas i don't know if that's the real u.s grand prix or not we weren't driving, so I don't know if we consider that or not, but I'm gonna consider it. We we beat Max and Checo in a race. Just saying and scoreboard. It it really does like it shows like I don't know if we're the reason for this, but like this year in the 2023 Grand Prix, like US Grand Prix, the two Red Bull drivers were getting a lot of flack because they both were taking separate helicopters to the track. So I don't know if it's because they were afraid that we were going to show up again this year and kick their ass again or what, but they, they are not even using a police escort anymore. They literally took helicopters to and from the track. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, it literally made the whole weekend. Like we could not stop talking about Like we were each calling and texting everyone we knew like, Hey, we just beat Max. Like there's some pictures of us like passing Max and Checos like so long Gable, yeah. like, like in the hangover or whatever. But so funny, bro. Moving from wild police chases and caravans and shit like that. Um, most people leave like the race is on a Sunday. Most people leave on a Monday. Well, we ended up staying until Tuesday because it was cheaper to leave a day later, book an extra day of the Airbnb than to get a flight on Monday. So we stayed until, until Tuesday. Pat had to work, unfortunately, but me and Chandler, we took a trip to Grant Park. So it's a really famous park in Austin City Limits where they do what, – what's the festival? I think they have Austin That's City it. Limits. And then they also have oh. South by Southwest, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's – the South by Southwest, that's like a really, really big one or whatever. But it was a really nice place. It was a lot of walking. I mean, I know it's a fucking park, and that sounds like lazy way to say it. But, <laughs> like, after being at Coda for three days straight – my legs, I felt like Lieutenant Dan. So it was neat because it was like right there on the Colorado River. So yeah. it was pretty cool sights because it was on the the other side of the river from downtown Austin. So you could get a good glimpse of the skyline. Uh, pretty cool again. And of course, it would have been a lot easier to walk around to like the river and all that had they not been trying to take down from one of those two festivals. Yeah. Uh, and so of course that was kind of a mess in itself, but um, still a good time. Botanical Gardens. We went there. I. Uh, had some almost some near misses in the botanical Chandler garden. Chandler almost fell into a koi pond. So the botanical gardens has a lot of like Japanese culture involved, like infused into it. Well, there's like a tiny ass wooden bridge that I mean, it was slicker than a whale's, you know what, you know. So Chandler almost fell from that. And boy, I would have felt horrible, but I also would have laughed my ass off. I definitely would have been that guy, you know, who's like Taking Are you a good? Okay, here, let me film. Yeah, <laughs> nah, it's picture first and then ask if you're good. That's right. Um, no, so like it, it was a really good vibe. It was a nice way to like kind of like end the whole vacation because it was a vacation for us. And first time either both of us had visited Austin. So it was cool to see like the different sites and all that. 
um, we decided, you know, like I said, like we're going to leave on Tuesday. We get to the airport on Tuesday. At this point, none of us have pre-check. So we're waiting in line. There's hardly a line. Like the day before, like we were talking to some of the workers, like the TSA workers and like, yeah, yesterday was freaking crazy. Well, today, like on that Tuesday, like it wasn't that bad. Um, we finally get through or whatever. And we're walking we're like, damn, that's a cool backpack. Oh, that's a cool backpack. Oh, that's a different team's backpack. Like, oh, where did where did they get this? Come to find out, every single team had their mechanics and like personnel flying out on that Tuesday. So Pat, we literally saw like some of the coolest gear, some of the coolest people. Like they're literally like it could be like their support staff, their mechanics. It didn't matter. We even saw one special guest for one team. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I was actually kind of weird to see, you know, I, I didn't think, oh, you know, it makes sense from a logistics perspective, all the F1 teams just put everybody on the only flight to Mexico City that day. Yeah. Um, You know, and I actually went and talked to some of the guys from the Red Bull team for a little bit, didn't want to bother them because they're probably tired as hell. And we go to this restaurant um, towards the end of the airport and we're just casually having our lunch <laughs> and Kyle sees this guy walking by in a hoodie. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not paying much attention and Kyle's like, is that the goat? And I'm like, what? And I look up and it's fucking Nicholas Latifi, not flying private or anything like pretty much all the <laughs> yeah. other F1 drivers. No, flying, literally all of the other like, F1 drivers. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, we're looking out the window and there's a bunch of private jets going out and then you just have Nicholas Latifi in a hoodie and sweatpants uh, boarding the plane with the rest of the teams for, I don't know, I guess Williams just ostracized him or he, you know, he wants to be cost effective. At that point, they had already, like, he had come out and basically said he didn't have a seat for next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's still it, it, fucked, right? Like, to be the right. only, even your teammate isn't flying with you, like, that is fucked. That's right. Because at that weekend, that was when we saw the first Logan Sargent did a practice run FP1 in the Williams. And that day they came out and said, Latifi does not have a seat. If Logan Sargent can get the points he needs for a super license, he will have a seat in F1. And yeah. so they basically, like, that weekend announced this is Latifi's last run at it. And, uh, yeah, so like already kind of like, Hey, feeling down in the dumps of you're not going to have a seat in F1 next year here, fly on the charter flight with all the support staff and like, don't even get to fly private. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You actually have to go through security too. My bad, bro. Um, the thing about heartbreak is it's not just for Williams. I mean, it actually, in fact, is the exact opposite. So this year, in the 2023 U.S. Grand Prix, Logan Sargent scored more points than Oscar Piastri, Lewis Hamilton, and Charles Leclerc combined. So things are looking up for the team. I mean, I could leave it at that, or I could actually explain like what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, like I said, this week we're not doing a play-by-play like we normally do, but basically what happened was Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton, they got disqualified at the end of the race. Um, it was because their pirate boards were not at the correct depth, if you will. Yeah, to kind of tie things back in a loop together is that these planks are, long story short, to to prevent cars from going too low to the ground, getting too much downforce. Well, at a circuit like Coda, repaved after 2021, but again, dogged out by how bumpy and how rough it is, just those planks get worn down. And if you have too much wear on those planks, you get disqualified. They did mm-hmm. random checks on the on that happened to be Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc. The thanks to our blue collar pave guys. I hope they got to go and experience the show again this year, or if they Seriously. wanted to after if they wanted to after hearing the driver comments last year. Yeah. Uh, put a little wear and tear on the Leclerc and Hamilton's car and got them nice fat DSQ. Yeah, I, it does suck, but like it did work out for one driver, Pat. Carlos Sainz, he has scored three podiums this year without actually finishing on the podium during the race. So how is that even possible? What the fuck? Like three times he's made the podium after the race is even over. Yeah. So I want to, I think the first one was 
like two or three years ago in Brazil. Um, and there's pretty funny photos of Ferrari doing a photo op at like nine o'clock at night at the track. Um, but because of Lewis and Charles qualifications, um, everybody obviously moves up in the, in the points. Um, so you had Yuki get more points than he thought he would. Um, Logan Sargent gets his first points. Hell yeah. We know first what the American. kilometer is. First um, and then Carlos signs for the third time in his career, got moved up into the podium, like, you know, five hours after the race, um, because they announced that Lewis had gotten disqualified, which I, I guess is just going to become a thing every year. He, he'll have one of these. Um, good. You know, it, now all of a sudden it pops in my mind too. This is now the second year in a row. If I'm not mistaken that we've had some issues at Coda post race. If I'm not mistaken, last year we got back to the Airbnb and it was at like Alpine claimed or out Fernando Alonso got a grid penalty for something. Then oh, Alpine yeah. came back and said, well, because I think Haas filed a like complaint it's, or something like that. It was and then um, they said that Fernando Alonso got a grid penalty. Then Alpine came back after the race last year and said, they filed this complaint three minutes after the deadline. So you need to reinstate that. So this is a common theme at Coda to have some post-race issues and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you had last year was Fernando driving with a broken mirror. Um, That's it. That's what it was. And this year you've get, you know, the skid planks worn down, which pretty rare, but you know, it's pretty cut and dry. Um, You know, Coda Coda just produces. Um, the racing like was great. Yeah, I mean, definitely go watch the race if you haven't. Um, you know, we obviously aren't getting too much into it, um, but the race this year, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's just different from just watching it on TV for once, but you know, it still felt just as electric this year. Um, and you know, there's plenty of chaos during the race, plenty of chaos afterwards. The the actual Grand Prix race on Sunday was great this year. The sprint race, however, sucked. It was boring they as hell. Sprint races to uh, Sao Paulo, Austria, and Monza. That's where I that, the that's short where. yeah the short fast tracks. That's where sprint racing needs to be. All like all these other tracks. I don't think I don't agree with it. It kind of ruins like you had drivers like complaining like it ruins the mystique behind the Sunday Grand Prix because everyone already knows what's going to happen. So, and I agree with that, but I also do like sprint races just at the right tracks. Like you guys said, unfortunately for me, this was not my week. Last week we predicted who would win the 2023 U S Grand Prix. I did not do well. Matter of fact, my guy didn't even finish. I picked Oscar Piastri. Um, Pat, you picked Carlos Sainz, which I gave you shit for because he has not been, he's so, been not, uh, yeah. Who would, who would pick a Ferrari? That's a dumbass pick. Okay. Well, it was a dumbass pick. You're oh, just lucky not. my guy had Clearly mechanical not. issues, but <laughs> Chandler, you picked Lando. That was a good pick. You just ended up being able to pick the right, the right McLaren. Right, McLaren I picked the wrong yes. one. So this next race that we have coming up is the Mexican Grand Prix. That is this weekend. We have qualifying on Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern time, and then the race is going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So, I guess we go to Chandler. Chandler, who do you who do you pick for the Mexican Grand Prix? I'm staying with McLaren, and I'm doing this twofold. I'm taking Mr. Piastri as a twofold because I think that he will rebound from the the DNF. Uh, and also, you said earlier before we started recording that every time you pick Oscar, he always falters and 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 kind of fails. And for us McLaren folks, we need we need Oscar to finish well. So I will gladly, if he finishes behind Lando in third or second, and Lando finishing ahead, I'll be happy. But I'll give me Oscar this week. Okay, uh, Pat, who are you picking? You uh, you so, picked you picked Carlos last time. Are you going with another Ferrari, or are you picking uh, McLaren? Nah, so I'm, I'm I'm not going with either of those. Um, part of me wants to pick Lewis cause he, I mean, all weekend this weekend, he looked good, but I'm not going to do that because of how many times he's just fucked me over when I pick him. Hoping he just gets his head out of his ass for just one race. And I'm going to go with Checo. Ooh, going with Checo in his boy. home race. That's I, a bold move. I can year. feel the regret seeping in, but I'm, I'm just going to roll with it. 
Boys, I hate to tell you, I think this is my week to come back and be able to pick on top. If I don't say this, then I mean, I don't deserve to win anyways. I'm going with Lando Norris to finish highest after Max Verstappen. He was so close to getting his first race win this year or this past week. And I think it's going to come this week. So hopefully, (laughs) I guess we'll find out. Hopefully it's not like a Jones curse or whatever, but thank you everyone for watching. Um, This was stories from Austin, stories from the U.S. Grand Prix last year. We had a great time even just reliving these stories. So don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe at Figuring Out the Formula. Thanks.